Amen. God, we just thank you for an anchoring in you this morning afresh. Even amidst the craziness and sometimes the chaos of the holiday and Christmas season, God, may we just find ourselves in you in an even greater way the more we journey with you. And um, yeah, I just thank you for the testament that is to others who maybe have lost their bearings, God, as we remain in you, anchored in you. I just thank you it's going to point others towards you. And we thank you for the great joy and privilege it is to be able to be found in you. And um, to also just be connected with each other on this journey, this great journey of faith. Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Beautiful, Lapani and Jen. So, so nice. And, you know, I was just thinking, Ryan's going to get up in a moment. I know he's got an awesome word and he's hilarious and he also just has such a passion for Jesus. And I know he's going to present um, the heart of God so beautifully. But I just wanted to add, I was just thinking about that verse that a man who isolates himself rages against all wise judgment. And I, from my own experience, I think um, sometimes when we go through battles, we can fall into the trap of thinking, oh, nobody understands what I'm going through. This is so hard and nobody cares and God doesn't care. And I just think um, as we begin to go down that path, it's a dangerous place to be in. So I just think, just be careful if you have caught yourself thinking like that, oh, woe is me. I'm just the unluckiest person in the world and no one cares. It's kind of the beginning of walking down that path to isolation. So I just think, nip that in the bud. If you're beginning to think a bit victim, no, we're more than conquerors. And, you know, Jesus carried it all on the cross and there's no oppression and there's no disappointment and there's no pain that Jesus hasn't already won the victory over. So nip that in the bud because isolation is always going to disconnect us, disempower us and ultimately lead to destruction. So let's stay connected to the source, the anchor, and um, to each other, no matter what the battle, and um, continue to walk in victory together. Amen. Amen. All right, let's give Ryan a big hand as he comes up. I know he's got a great word. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Morrison. So good. <laughs> um, so I'm going to get straight into it. How are you guys? <laughs> I was looking around before and I was just thinking, wow, there's just such a, an amazing collection of people here. I just love it. So many, um, you know, young people, so many older people and so many in between and so many different cultures here even like it's just um but what i'm what I, all i'm trying to bring this morning is just kind of point at kind of similar to that just the kind of richness um of life that god wants us to live and just at how colorful and how amazing just um i was thinking of the word extravagant god is and just how just incredible god is and um you know so much so much time it's funny like hum, we humans can just we're kind of like I don't know, ants on an apple, we only see this much, you know, but the, the, I, I hope today that we kind of just get a broader perspective and go, oh, wow, there's a lot more than, you know, just the little part that I'm standing on. And um, yeah, I was even thinking about just before, just, you know, when Jesus came into the world, it says he's the light of the world. And, you know, in, in light, there's, there's color. And um, without light, there's no color. And it would just be that that's all it is, basically the refraction of light. And, but when Jesus came into the world, uh, guess what happened? There was like an ex- something about extravagance and something about the beauty and majesty of God. It's kind of like a sunrise. There's so much color in it. And, you know, it actually brought, it brought chaos. <laughs> it brought, would, brought disruption into a culture. It's, you know, suddenly people started hearing about this king and he basically had to move out of his own town. And um, he got kicked, basically kicked out because he was going to be killed. And... Um, but so it brought disruption, but it was bringing a, a new beauty. And um, because how's when Jesus got born, it brought extravagance around. Like all these people just came with these extravagant, massive gifts. Like I, I didn't, I didn't prepare this, so I didn't get to Google how much the items were worth. But I, I've heard in previous sermons and stuff that the items that they brought were extravagant. That they were. They were just so expensive. And there's just something about Jesus. You know, he created the whole world. And like I said before, we can just have a very small mind of God or, you know, and because we have real circumstances, we have real needs and we have real darkness in our lives. And sometimes we get so focused on the little part of apple that we're standing on. But I just, so that's what I want to do this morning is just bring just a bigger picture because there's always something bigger. And who knows, there's something bigger than Aladala. There's something bigger than our world. You know, our world's even just a tiny little portion of the extravagance and majesty of God's creation. Um, 
So I just, I just pray that we all get, I need that grasp. I need to understand how big God is because I get so focused on, you know, whether the coffee was good or not this morning or, you know, <laughs> that thing that someone said to me last week. Yeah. I normally don't do this, interrupt people's sermons. Um, there was a little caveat I forgot to add to the bit about isolation. It just links with what Ryan was saying, so I'll say it now because I'm sure you move on from this point. But Sam Monk has said this, when we're in those wilderness seasons, those painful seasons, we're like, oh, look at this desert, like I was saying, that victim, that isolation mentality, woe is me, look at this desert. But if you just lift your perspective a little and zoom out, you're just in a sandpit. So I think we can think that our desert, our wilderness is just this big, like, dryness and hardship but then when you zoom out it's just a little sand pit and so the same thing like our perspective is so key and may we have a great perspective of God's view so, yeah. there you go. so good it's amazing okay so it says to pray here but I'm going to pray now I prayed a bit further God yeah so we just thank you this morning God just for that view and we pray God um you know there's nothing I can do to um I guess cause people to see you better God but I just pray that you would use my words and I pray that you would by the power of your Holy Spirit just lift people's gazes open people's minds God and actually bring revelation God for who you are God and what you've called them to do in this world God and we just commit this morning to you God and um, pray that Santa gives us lots of presence this year amen <laughs> so I'm going to start with one of my favorite Bible verses so Colossians 3 verse 15 to 17 so it says and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. And the key part here is let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And that's just a beautiful, um, just patches of scripture there. And I just love it. Just that part that let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. And then, you know, and I love it because it also just paints a picture of what church is like. Is that, you know, it's uh, we get to counsel each other um, with all the wisdom he gives. You know, like let's help each other. Let's not point and nitpick at each other, but let's actually counsel each other and, you know, um, help each other along the journey because who knows, we all need help and <laughs> I need help. Um, <laughs> and sings, what was that? How long have you been in your life? All my life, yeah. <laughs> I was born into sin. Um, <laughs> and then... Yeah, so sing psalms. So that's what we're doing this morning is singing. You know, just how good is just singing and just getting a focus, like I was saying, off ourselves and just onto the majesty of God and with thankful hearts. And it's just, it's really simple but powerful passage of Scripture. And so that word richness there, if you pop that next thing up, richness, plusios, okay? And that is a Greek word and... So that word, uh, let the message about Christ in all its richness. So that word there, plusios, uh, Thayer's definition is wealthy, abounding in material resources or abundantly supplied. And so, so often I find it so funny that we just often shy away from blessings, shy away from what God's trying to pour into our lives. And who knows, it says it right there that in all its richness, the abundant provision, the material resources, that just that. And, you know, this is more than money, but it, it includes it as well. But I'm just saying there's richness in God. And there's, there's uh, who knows, God isn't poor. God isn't, God created the whole universe just by speaking, you know. And there's countless times in the Bible where Jesus kind of, you know, made money appear in um, a fish's mouth or he fed, you know, thousands of people with a couple of things, you know. And there's, there's an abundance in God. And um, I just find it funny how, I don't know if it's just me or if it's a human thing, how we just tend to turn towards poverty and think. And we kind of, we kind of have matched godliness with lowliness, which... It, it's like a false humility there because, whoa, <laughs> true humility, true humility is actually, so it says where it talks about um, blessed are the poor in spirit, another translation says blessed are those who recognize their need for God. And so it's not so much that it's good to be poor because if you ask any poor person, they're not happy about it. Like, but 
it's in our place of need, we actually get filled with the richness of God. And so, um, poverty, is, like God, poverty is not a bad thing if you go through it, but as in God wants to fill you with his richness. And so we just need to enlarge our minds there. And because uh, God does want us to thrive. He wants, he just so desires. And I was, I was thinking just a little side thing, like, because if there was a poor person, you know, and we would want everything to make them prosperous, right? And it's funny how we feel bad for maybe prospering or we feel bad for God blessing us and go, oh, you know, like, it's not, you know, I don't deserve it. And, but that's grace. We don't deserve it. But God wants to give it to us. And, you know, God wants to lift us up and God wants to prosper us. And so there's some really cool scriptures. And um, so, but yeah, I saw, I saw this richness of God. I recently went on a family excursion, no, family holiday, <laughs> family holiday to Hawaii. And, you know, I love that song before about so will I. It's just about creation and um, all, all of creation just kind of pointing back to Jesus. And there's a whole Bible verse about that that just talks about how this beauty of creation and even the extensiveness of the stars and everything points to just how big and amazing God is. And I, I saw a fair bit of that when I was in Hawaii recently. Just in everything that we did, I got to go... Um, Ebony, my girlfriend, came along. And, um, yeah, and it was just so much fun. Like, it was just, just seeing the, the majesty of God's creation and the beauty of family. How good is just family? Like, you know, I got in a couple of fights with my brother, but, like... <laughs> but, you know, it was just amazing. It was just such a... I felt like it was a healing time for our family and it was just such a beautiful time where, you know, I just got to see God's, God's extravagance, you know, like he created, if you go, you just got to go to Hawaii and just see it. Like, you know, it's, it's incredible. Like we think, so we think this is nice here. And I was like, I was like, Hawaii is, sorry, Aladala, but it is very beautiful. I'm not going to say it's better, but it's just incredible. And so, People didn't make that, you know. God made that, and it's it's incredible. And you just got to go to these, some of these places and just see, holy moly, God is massive and God is beautiful, and because God created that. And I think if we just get a picture that God created that beautiful waterfall, that you know, this massive waterfall we went and looked at, and we saw some big rainbows and we saw big, huge surf. Well, I got it got to go out pipeline, and it was like massive and crazy and. It was just so beautiful, and the water was warm, and it was easy to, I was, like, I like taking photos in the water, and I was out there, and it was, like, easy to shoot. I was just, like, sitting in the water, and these, like, giant waves, the size, literally the size of this building, were, like, breaking right next to me, and I'm like, it's way easier than down here, where, I don't know if I just got an easy day, but it was just, it was just a rich time, and I love that, that God speaks to us through creation. He speaks to us in our time off. He speaks to us um, in everything, and... Uh, so I, I, this morning, I just believe that God wants to pour his blessing out into you specifically. And, um, and the title of my sermon is Blessed for What? Okay? And so I'm talking about this extravagance and this blessing that God wants to pour out into our lives. And the, uh, this is just a question that kind of just went into my mind two, two weeks ago. And I just wrote all these you know, things of why God blesses us and everything. And so, so blessed for what, but I'm going to talk about this, I, what I believe, like this is just my kind of, um, I don't know, maybe interpretation or according to scripture, like I've just brought this out from scripture, that there's three main aspects to this, a cycle of blessing. And who knows, we can be in a cycle of poverty or we can be in, life is a cycle, God works in cycles, the whole universe spins in a cycle, there's seasons and there's days and there's months and there's years and it goes in cycles, even fashion goes in cycles and if we recognise that our lives are lived in a cycle, then I think we can actually change our lives. So, so often we think that we're just going forward in time and you know, somehow we're going to change or somehow things are going to be different or somehow God's going to bring blessing into our lives just somewhere along the journey. Um, but if we realize that it's a cycle and often the same thing we did last year, we're going to do this year, unless we realize we change something or if we take a different step or just get a new perspective or um, then we can actually change the cycle and, a, and instead of being in a cycle of poverty where it can just take you down and down, um, we can be in a cycle 
a cycle of blessing, I believe. And it doesn't mean we won't go through hard times, but I'm just pointing out an aspect of um, Scripture this morning. But we'll be in a cycle of blessing. So as we get what God's given to us, it doesn't just stop with us and that we actually see it continue. Because, um, okay, so I'm not going to preach too hard yet. I'm just at the introduction. But <laughs> so because, yeah. So the first point, the first aspect of the cycle of blessing is, number one, the longing of God. Okay, and this, this is basically just how God sets this whole process in motion. So the next two are kind of what we do and what God does and blah, blah, blah. But the first one is just the fact that God actually desires to bless you and God, uh, God has set this whole thing in motion. And then, so like I said, it's for us to step into that cycle. Okay, and so, so number one, so God, it's the longing of God. So it's, and it, it's nothing we can do. It's, this first part is nothing that we deserved. It's nothing that we conjured up or even thought into being, but it's actually something that God initiated. So I didn't think I put this up, but it's at Romans 5 verse 8. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So this, this story of blessing, this richness of Christ that I'm talking about, it started with God. And God actually said, I love the world so much that I'm going to send my only son. There's nothing we could have prayed for, hoped for, but God actually set this in motion. So this blessing, you know, of Christ in our lives, it starts with God and it's going to end in God, this cycle, okay? So this is kind of setting us up. And so God wants to. So I love this in Scripture and it, and it gives us a sneak peek into what, what I see as a cycle of blessing. So Ephesians 4, verse 5 to 7, There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So that's that God... Um, initiating it all. But to each one of us, a grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and and gave gifts to his people. So that's just a little picture of how God is initiating this and he's giving us something, right? And so God desires to bless you and he desires to give you gifts. And I love Dean's sermon last week was just about using what you've been given and you know, like that's our responsibility. God will give you blessing. God will. God wants to pour out His blessing, and um, I'd even dare to say He is. And but it's um, which I'm not going to give you the next point. I'm just going to stop there. <laughs> okay. So next verse is two Corinthians eight verse nine. So I'm just trying to. I don't know, get your taste buds up. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though He was rich. Yet for your sakes, he became poor, so that by his poverty, he could make you rich. It's there, right there, in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. That's God's heart. You know, he, he owns the universe, and he's massive and splendorous. But then he's come down, you know, we know the story of Christmas as a tiny little baby, and, you know, helpless, basically. And um, he fully humbled himself so that he could lift us up with him. And... That's just, and I love the way the Amplified Version puts it, which is the next. Um, For you are recognizing more clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his astonishing kindness, his generosity, his gracious favor, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. And so let's just receive that. Let's just believe that as well. <laughs> um, so if God desires to bless us, it might be worth looking at quickly what is blessing from a Bible perspective. Because, you know, I'm saying about all this blessing and richness and blah, blah, blah. So let's just, before we get into the next two points, we'll just quickly look, and it's an awesome scripture. And I read this, I think, while I was in Hawaii, and I just highlighted these certain parts, and I thought, that's amazing. Because so often we kind of get scared about blessing. It's a kind of a, what's that word, topic, where you just don't really want to talk about because, you know, you don't want to preach, you know, the heresy or anything. But, you know, God talks about money a lot in the Bible. Anyways, um... Romans 15, verse 25 to 33. I am on my way to Jerusalem in the service of the Lord's people there. For Macedonia and Achaia were were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the Lord's people in Jerusalem. So they were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have shared... So this is a letter from Paul to the Romans, sorry. For if if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews spiritual blessings... So there's... That's one type of blessing. They owe it to the Jews to share it with them 
their material blessings. So after I have completed this task and have made sure that they receive this contribution, I will go to Spain and visit you on your way. Sounds like he's on a holiday. Um, I, know, I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of spirit. And I won't finish. Oh, yeah, well, I like that last verse. So that I may come to you with the joy by God's will in your company, be refreshed and the God of peace be with you all. And I just love this because go back to that first one, it says, so there's a, so clearly in the Bible, it talks about a spiritual blessing, a material blessing, and a blessing of Christ. And so, yeah, I just, I just found that cool. (laughs) And so God actually wants to bless us and uh, he wants to bless us, I believe, in all these ways. And God does it through so many different ways as well. God will bless us through other people. God will bless us. Um, with what we do and um, so there's many forms of blessing but one thing you can't get away from in scripture is that God does want to bless us and in every way so 1 Corinthians 1 so there's a lot of scripture so we're just gonna I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given in Christ Jesus that so and this is a common phrase in the Bible in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you were not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you are called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ. So in every way. Next verse. It sounds similar, but it's a different passage. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You will be enriched in every way. And that's a promise of, that's a, that's a promise of God. God wants to enrich our lives in every way. Romans 8 verse 32, if you don't believe me yet. He who did not spare his own son. So this is talking about that extravagance of Jesus. But gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? So that's just the extravagance of God. And I love that scripture. It's just God, and, 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 it talk, and Jesus talks about it, you know, um, we're worth more than sparrows. Of course, he's going to um, supply our material needs. You know, like we don't have, that's why we don't have to worry, but we can just trust, we can trust God. But, and it's just that extravagance of God. It's just that kind of ridiculous um, generosity that, you know, he gives us his own son and we can see that. He gave us his own son and, you know, like I said, he came to earth and he died on a cross and rose up again. And that's the extravagance of God and who knows, like, his son is like the most prized thing and he gives us for that. Of course he's going to bless us in other ways. That's what basically that's saying. So it's clear that in the Bible God wants to bless you. So the second part... So the cycle of blessings, that's just talking about God's desire, right? The longing of God. The second part is the letting of us. Sounds random. Okay? So God wants to. That's God's promise and purpose and intention towards you. He wants to, says you'll be enriched in every way. God wants to give you, give us all things so that we can be generous. Um, So the second part is the letting of us. So that first Bible verse, which don't put up because it's way back, but it says, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. So that's the key, that's our first step, that's the first part that we have to play, is let. And so it's, it's a pretty simple part, and I love that because that's salvation. That's when we first hear about this blessing of God and hear about the amazing love of God that he has for you. So you can hear and hear and hear, and you can, okay, you know, get it at a head level, but until we let, it's when we go, Okay, I'm going to let it into my heart. So it doesn't say, um, make the message about Christ in all its riches fill your lives. Demand that it fill your lives. Or pray so hard until it comes in, you know. Or, you know, it doesn't even say, you know, believe it so hard. Just, you know, think about it all day and then it's going to happen. Or deserve it. You know, work so hard that you deserve it. It's, and I love it because our first part is a role of receptivity. It's just looking at this amazing God and going, God, I actually want that in my life and letting it fill your lives and allowing it to be part of um, who you are and just receiving it. Who knows, it's so hard to receive a gift sometimes. You feel like, 
you know, and it's funny how we shy away from that, like, I won't throw my mum under the bus, but I will. Now, so, so often I've done things for her, and then she's like, oh, oh, you shouldn't have done that, you shouldn't have done that, you shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, but I wanted to do it. I'm like, can you just accept it and say thank you? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, and so I think that points to how a lot, of, a lot of us are with even God's things, is God wants to bless you, but we don't let him. We're just like, oh, no, no, you shouldn't do that. I don't deserve that. No, no, I need to, I need to constantly feel bad about what, you know, my past, I have to constantly um, just wallow in grief. You know, I don't deserve any of this. And the beauty of it, no, you don't, but God wants to, and that's his heart towards you. So we've got to let it, okay? So all we have to do is to begin. So this is the first step that we take of the cycle of blessing is to let it, okay, is to receive it. So Romans 15 verse 17, for if by the trespass of one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So how much more will those who, those who receive? So that, I think that's the first part of maybe you're not feeling or experiencing or whatever. The blessing, if the blessing of God is because we haven't received it. And, and receiving is just maybe as simple as just asking God, um, listening to God and just actually just putting down the walls of your heart before God and just going, God, I thank you for your grace. You know, I might not deserve it, but I'm going to walk in it today. So those who receive God's abundant provision. The second part, so yeah, it's to receive. So Ephesians 3 verse 17, I pray that Christ would be more and more at home in your hearts, living with you, within you as you trust in him. May your roots go down and deep to the soil of God's marvelous love. So, and I didn't put this, but John 6 verse 29 is the work of God is this. So this is what, this is our first step we have to take. Believe in the one he has sent. So it's just a matter of heart, isn't it? It's just actually accepting. It's believing. It's agreeing with God, <laughs> you know, and receiving God. Um, so, which, so it, God's marvelous, you know, amazing intention towards humanity and then our first step is uh, receiving it. Is just we don't have to earn it. We don't have to strive for it. We don't have to do anything except accept a gift and be thankful for it. And that's part of accepting it. Is just going thank you so much. And because just by saying thank you, it's actually you're actually accepting it and going wow, this is amazing. And just being confident in in the gifts God has given you in everything that God's poured out into your life, whether it's your family, whether it's money, whether it's an opportunity, whether, um, what else God gives us, God gives us everything, just being thankful for creation, just being, and that's why just an attitude of thankfulness is so important because it's our receiving of what, it's, our, it's also our acknowledgement of what God's doing in our lives because we go, wow, thank you for that job, God, I, you know, I can't believe that just came out of the blue or, you know, and just being thankful and we can also be thankful in advance. We can just thank God that he's got a good future for us. And that kind of positions us for the receiving. Because so often we think, God's never going to bless me. God's never going to bless me. And walk straight past the blessing, I think. But if we think, thank you, God, that you want to bless me. And thank you, God, that you will bless me. I think we walk straight into it. And I, like I see it a lot is blessing will follow you. Because we're, we're... And who loves giving gifts to people who are thankful? You know, imagine if you gave something to someone. No, 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 no. I couldn't accept that. And you're like... Okay, and next year comes, no, 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 I couldn't, no. You know, you don't know me, I don't deserve that gift. But, so, we just got to understand that a gift is a gift, and, and the gift of grace is not determined by how good or bad we are, or who we are, or where we come from, or how much Bible we know. Um, you know, like, when I got, I first came to know Jesus when I was in year six, and it was just, it was a reception, you would call it, as in, I heard about it and I just went, yeah, I want that. And, you know, um, my teacher at the time actually wrote down a prayer that I could pray. And that was just the beginning of receiving God's grace. And even when I was a teenager, first coming into this church and first learning about God, it, you know, I didn't, it wasn't anything special. I'm, I'm not anything special, but it's just about me receiving it. And, and I, like, yeah, God just impacted my life so much. Okay, so that's the second part. And all these keys, all, all these keys of the cycle of blessing are all super connected, and you know, kind of one flows into the other, which flows into the other, which flows into the other, which is just like a cycle, and it's like everything in our lives. That's what, like Sarah was saying about, 
you know, that I guess that's a cycle of isolation is, you know, one thought, if you don't, you know, think about, oh, is that a real thought or do I want to think that or whatever, it'll, it'll suck you into another thing and, you know, one, um, I guess, negative thought can lead into another negative thought, which can lead into another negative thought and you'll just stay in that cycle. Um, so the third one, I've adjusted a little bit and I, and I, I, I questioned Adam yesterday, not questioned him, I, I consulted him because I wasn't sure if I could use the word largesse because I actually just discovered it yesterday, this word. And I ended up deciding to use it because I love just its meaning. So the third point, which I'll explain, is the largesse and faithfulness of sowing into others. Okay? And I, as a caveat, the present and the future. And so I love the word largesse. Like I, I haven't really heard it in context much, but I loved it in isolation. <laughs> it says, generosity in in bestowing money or gifts upon others, okay? And so this is the third, this is the third key of, of the cycle of blessing, I believe, okay? And it's, it's, it's the part that requires us to take another step. So God's intention and then um, our reception, our res- receptivity, and then this is our part where we actually choose to sow, okay? And so I think a lot of the times in our lives we won't experience um, that blessing or that increase is because the blessing has stopped with us and we haven't learned what it is to sow. And, we, and so back in the day, so back in the day, you know, people used to have to farm. Um, now we can just go to Woolies and, you know, buy our crop and it's hard work, hard days at work. You have to avoid people. You know, we love talking to people. No. Um, <laughs> but you used to have to uh, farm, okay? This is what we used to have to do apparently. And now bless the farmers, Lord. And uh, <laughs> where was I? So we used to have to farm to eat, to get by, right? And so, and a lot of, uh, I guess a lot of Bible mentions about this. And this is how the old, uh, I guess, world worked family to family is we had to cultivate our own lands and we to survive. And we would often um, marry the blessing of God with how well our crop's doing, right? And it's in, it's in the pattern of scripture in the Old Testament. And... Um, so we used to have to farm. And the, weird th- the cool thing about farming is, yes, it, ble- it blesses you, right? You get to eat for the year because you've just harvested this big crop. But if you eat all of it and don't sow a portion of it, next year comes along and you're going to starve to death, right? And so, <laughs> yeah. And so it's really cool. It's, that's what we've got to learn to whatever God blesses us with, we've got to learn, yes, to receive it, ble- um, accept it, be thankful for it, um, but we've got to learn to sow some of it as well, right? If we just eat it all, we're going to wonder why, you know, kids' church in 10 years doesn't have a church to come into. You know, that's what you'd wonder why. But, oh, but we had that church then. Yeah, but we didn't, we didn't learn the principle of sowing. We didn't learn the principle of sowing into the next generation, sowing into the next thing God's doing, putting resources into youth ministry, into, uh, into tomorrow, right? Because who knows... It's almost like it's a sacrifice, right? Burying your seed into the ground. Because wheat, so you could have eaten that as wheat bix, you know, like, and that, but to grow the next year's crops of wheat, because the part that you eat is the part that you sow, right? Of wheat. And so it feels like a sacrifice. It feels, you know, maybe every week it feels like, you know, oh, I tithe again, you know, take a portion of my um, income and tithe it into the church. And it, you know, it can feel like a sacrifice or, you know, even, going above and actually being generous um, with what God's given us. It can feel like a sacrifice, but who knows, that's planting into tomorrow. And <laughs> like, even this whole church, you know, like this came from the sacrifice of a previous generations. And if we, if we don't learn what it is to sow with what we've got and to be generous with what we've got, it's going to, it'll dwindle, right? And a little side note, I think um, tithing is just like the maintenance, but then giving is going above that and that's actually going to bring increase, right? So, yeah, it's a bit quiet in here now. No, it's good. But so I, I, I run this little business and I sell photo prints of pictures that I've taken and um, it's been going crazy this time of year um, because of Christmas and people love extravagant gifts. And so, but if, so, and this is just like a really simple, another illustration of it. Um, what I have to do, if I 
get, so what happens is I run a sale and then, you know, get money for it. And if I just spend all that money, right, and not buy stock for um, the next release, then it's going to stop there. And I'm going to get that money and be like, oh, sweet, go buy a new pair of shoes, you know, something else, go out for dinner here, blah, blah, blah. And then it's gone. And I wonder why my business is in the same spot as it was last year. You know, it's, so what I've got to do is put portion of the money back into the business and go, how can I make things better? How can I make my systems better? How can I sow what I've been given? I'm going to have to take a couple of days off and, um, you know, get strategies in place and, you know, kind of live off the money for a couple of days to get it better so that when I release the next thing, more money comes in. And so you're sowing into the future. And And it can be tempting just to get God's blessing, receive his grace and kindness, and then not, and then forget to sow it into other people and sow it into the next thing. So it's like a really, I, I was like, yes, this is awesome because that is just so practical. Whatever God's given us, it's important to sow it and not just keep it for ourselves. And, and this is the third. And it's not, the, I wouldn't say it's the most important part because they're all super important. It's like if God didn't want to bless us, then we couldn't receive and we couldn't give it. But it, it feels like it's the most pressing upon us because the other two don't necessarily have much to do with us, but this one is like our responsibility. Because we can. We can just eat God's blessing. It can stop with us. Proverbs 13, verse 22. Is this helpful? No? Okay. Um, Proverbs 13. Is that there? No. A good person, so Proverbs 13, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. So there's something about looking beyond just now and the crop that we've got now, even the people, the money, the everything that God's given us, the blessing, the family, um, everything that God blesses us with, which is in all things, right? It, uh, it's something about you, using that to sow into the next, sow into the next. You know, this guy says two generations down. If I had kids right now, they'd pretty much get nothing, so I'm not a good person yet. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, so the blessing that God gives us is meant to spread out from us. Okay, so Matthew 5 verse 16, which is one of like, I guess our church's, not anthems, but it's, our, it's a beautiful verse that, you know, we live, I guess. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine, keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So that's being, keeping open, keeping generous with our lives. Keep, you know, I guess even connecting into the house of God and keep being, keeping the door open for other people, you know, um, and be generous with what God's done in your heart, with whether it, whatever he blesses you in. Maybe he's blessed you with a cooking gift, you know, and you're just an amazing cook. Bless, uh, bless people so hard with that. And you, Rosie? <laughs> no, okay, not Rosie. <laughs> oh, man. I've got the burning gift. I burn things. But I, I like the pan really hot, so it like sears the meat, you know. Um, so why does God bless us? Is it for you? Yes, 100% and totally. God blesses you like it's for you, right? But then is it just for you? So is it, is it for you? 100%, yeah. Please accept that. Please take everything God's given you and walk in it to the 100%. But is it just for you? So let's quickly look at a verse when God is telling Abraham that he will bless him. So this is God saying, I'm going to bless you, right? I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great. So God wants to bless us and make, you know, give us uh, credibility and influence in the world so that you will be a blessing. So that kind of answers the question of the sermon title, blessed for what? If you give my sermon title in... Uh, I mean, the answer to my sermon is blessed to be a blessing, right? We're blessed, yes, please accept that, but then it's so that you'll be a blessing. Yeah, so... um, Yeah, so God blessed Abraham massively, but it wasn't just for him. You know, he could have just thought, this is awesome, I'm, you know, my, my my name's getting made great or whatever, and God's going to bless, bless me ridiculously and just kind of stop there. But who knows, it was for um, the future generations. It was for those to come. It was for other people. And so when 
I'm going to wrap it up in a sec. But when Joseph was a teenager, he dreamed of his brothers bowing down to him. He had this God dream, right? It was a God dream. But I think he might have seen it a little bit immaturely, as in he just saw them bowing down to him. God's going to make me great. This is going to be awesome. And, you know, it took a bit of, I guess, a process in his life. And he ended up, he got really blessed. He ended up becoming uh, second in charge to Pharaoh and ruling over a lot. And, you know, I guess being really wealthy and being super blessed. But he, you know, I think he'd gone through enough to get there that he didn't have a big head. Um, but this is just a beautiful scripture of, I guess, when he's a bit older, he's grown up a bit and he's been through enough in his life to realize what this blessing's for. So it says, Genesis 50, 45, verse 4 to 7, Do not be distressed. So this is him talking to his brother, to his brothers. His brothers had basically, if you don't know the story, brothers had sold him into slavery when he was like a teenager. And now he's an older man. I'm not exactly sure how old, but... Uh, so his brothers end up getting into poverty basically because there's a big famine in the land and they end up at his doorstep, okay? So they thought he died and then they end up at his doorstep and it's a really funny story, go read it. But he kind of, Jacob kind of, Jacob, Joseph kind of plays him for a bit, plays them for a bit and just, it's a funny story because he's kind of, I don't know, he's kind of keeping them a distance and realizing, oh, they're my brothers and like, what do I say? Like, you know, do I, I, maybe he was just conjuring, do I forgive them or do I be harsh to them or, you know, but I love it because he comes to this conclusion, right? Do not be distressed. He's saying this to his brothers who sold him into slavery years ago. And just before this, he like bursts out in tears. It's a pretty intense moment. Do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves. So he's saying, don't hold this against yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there's been famine in the land and for the next five years, there'll be no plowing and reaping. So there's no blessing coming. And this is, I guess, a picture of us to the world, of God, you know, how we bless the world. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. And how good is that? Joseph record recognize that the blessing God had lifted him up and put him in a position of power right but he realized it wasn't for him to look great it was for him to make an impact in the world and that's why that's why God wants to bless you God wants to bless you yeah because he wants to get you out of a cycle of poverty and get you you know bless you 100% but he wants to use you in your world wherever you are you know in your work in your family he wants to set a cycle of blessing for others. And um, I love, I just love that. Is God, that's why God wants to bless you. And like saying all this, I don't mean, you know, even Joseph knows it doesn't come without trial. It doesn't come without the opposite of blessing. Like he was in prison for years, you know, like who knows what he was eating there, you know. And so it doesn't mean that there won't be light and dark and difficult seasons and sometimes really hard seasons, but God's trying to birth in you a mentality of blessing um, so that he's going to raise you up and then we're going to be able to bless other people. And so with whatever we have, right? And so I just love this because um, it doesn't, it can't stop with us. It can't stop with us. Luke 12 verse 48, everyone, everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much will, more will be asked. So God has given us, right? And so I guess the kind of, I don't know, disclaimer is the more we receive, the more God's going to expect from us. <laughs> and so, yes, let's receive, you know, and maybe that's part of the reason why we shy away from blessing is because we know if we get the blessing, we're going to have to be, God's going to come back and go, so what'd you do with it? What'd you do with your family? What'd you do with the money that I entrusted to you? Because who knows, it's God's money, Right? And he entrusts it to us. How are we spending our money? How are we spending our time? How are we, get, how are we using what God's given us? You know? is, it, is it all for us? Or are we using it to bless others? And it's such an important question. And yeah, so let's work hard. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 10, 15 verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No. So this grace that he received is supposed to do something, cause us to move. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. So I love this. It's this mindset of God's given it to me. I use it, but it's still God's. But I, I've given it, and I use it, 
but it's still God's and he gives it to me and I give it. I just love that because no, I worked harder than all of them. So he's a hard worker, but not I, the grace of God that was with me. So I love this seeming tension in scripture. It's a powerful and simple truth. That's not part of the Bible verse. Sorry, that's my fault. I was copying and pasting. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, I just put myself in the Bible. (laughs) Um, So Matthew 10 verse 7 is freely you have received, freely give. It's simple. It's so simple. But it's so powerful is whatever we are blessed with, please bless others with. But obviously, if you just sow it all, so if you get blessing and sow it all, then you're going to die. So we've got to receive the blessing, but we've got to sow it. Sorry, am I taking long? No. Okay, so last couple of verses. So 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6. Remember this. So this is... Awesome too. It's just kind of, I should have just read this and dropped the mic. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I'm just going to read that again. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So each of us should give what we have decided in our heart to give, not reluctantly, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly. He's able to. So that in all things, at all times, everyone say all things. All things. things. Say Everyone say all times. All times. Having all all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And I, I love that. It's just about receiving from God, sowing generously, basically to receive from God so we can sow generously. To receive from God, to sow generously, to receive from God, to sow generously. Hey. <laughs> so I hope that we see that the cycle of God's blessing involves firstly God pouring it out, secondly us receiving his riches through grace, and thirdly sharing it and sowing it into the areas God, call, God has called us to, or to begin again and point back to the one who started the cycle. Yeah, so it's all fine in that last verse that now he who supplies seed to the sower, so he's the one who supplies seed to the sower, and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge your st- harvest of righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And so, yeah, I just love it that wherever, wherever we're at in this cycle of blessing, maybe we've never, we've never even heard that God loves you. I just want to tell you today that God loves you and God cares about you and God saw saw you on this earth and think I'm going to send my son for that guy and I'm going to bring him out of every um, pit of despair every everything that he's that you've been through God's going to bring it work together for his for his good and he's going to bring it together in your in his plan and no matter what you've been through no matter what your background is God is going to take you and and it says in the Bible that he lifts us out of the mud it lifts us out of the despair the kind of the, the fog, and he brings us on, it says, on high places. God will, God will lift you out of that. And God wants to. So maybe we've never heard of this love that I'm talking about. Or maybe, um, maybe you feel like you've walked away from God's blessing. And you just need reminding today. It's, it says in Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits who forgives all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from destruction, who crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. Who wants their youth renewed like the eagles? Yeah, yeah I've got, you know, some shoulder pains and I know these guys do too. And, you know, we want to renew the, renewed like the eagles. I didn't really know eagles were like youth. But yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, so, you know, we just need maybe need reminding today that God wants to bless you. Or maybe you've received Christ and the blessings just stopped and you wonder why. And it, maybe it's because 
you need to start serving. Maybe you need to start giving. Maybe, you know, it says in the Bible about withholding tithe. And um, I, I encourage you to go read that for yourself and go check it out about what tithing is, what giving is with your money. Um, maybe we're just withholding the blessing because we're so scared that if we give it, then God's not going to be able to bless us again. But who knows, the, the, God was the one who gave it to you in the first place and he's well able to give it to you again. And he's going to. And it says it all through the Bible. He'll give you give it to you, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing, right? So we just got to sow what God's given us. So maybe we just need to be kind to others. Um, But yeah, so I'll just finish on this verse. Um, God cannot be mocked. Uh, It's in Galatians 6. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we not, not, not give up. Therefore, as we, offer, as we have the opportunity, let us, not, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So let's not, not become weary in doing good, because we will reap a harvest. And that's a harvest in many areas. Okay. Awesome. That was good, hey? That was good. What Ryan was doing there was giving us one of the keys for life. How, how do we do this life? We do it by being generous. I know Sarah and I's story of where, of where when we're generous, the cycle continues and, and things come in and, and we're able to give out. But as soon as we get in that um, poverty mindset, that mindset of um, insecurity or looking to ourselves, something dries up and, and, um, and then we have to kind of get on the wheel and start that cycle ag- again. And, and it's not just about being generous with money. Sometimes... It's generous with our time, it's generous with our, but I don't have time, we'll be generous with something else. I loved, um, when, when Marty was in, in hospital and, and Sarah Wunga heard about that, she went home and cooked a meal for her family, but she knew that she could do a little bit more and, and just add a bit more to her, her cooking and cooked a real meal for Rach and, and the kids. And, and it, wasn't, it wasn't that hard to do that little bit extra, but it was a generosity um, thing that Sarah Wunga had and, that, and she, she might not have been able to give money so Rachel could buy a meal but she gave money so that no she cooked more so that she could you know generous yeah anyway it looks different so find, find the way that you can be generous because it's a key for a prosperous life um, cool alright we're going to pray so Father God we just thank you for the God you are Lord God we thank you that you are our generous Father in heaven Lord God, we thank you that you've given us life, you've given us air to breathe, you've given us this beautiful creation that we get to live in and do life in, Father God. And we're just so thankful for who you are. Lord God, we're so thankful for the example of your generosity of giving your son so that we can deserve, so we can earn salvation, Father God, so we can, not earn salvation, Lord, so we can have salvation, Father God. Lord God, we're just so thankful for who you are, for your example. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.